Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. We are a multimedia program here. Yes, we are on the radio, but we are also on the podcast, which you can get for free. comes right to your smartphone or tablet. We're on the app. We're on the digital platform as well, the WBT app for free. You can get that too right onto your smartphone or tablet, um, but also on the social media, on the Twitter. Uh, and so the, the show kind of, it walks in, in, in both worlds. It's got a foot in both worlds, if you will. And sometimes the stuff comes over to Twitter from the show, and sometimes it comes over to the show from Twitter. And so I'm in a running gun battle, metaphorically speaking, uh, with a bunch of leftists uh, on Twitter throughout most of the day today. And I got me a live one. Um, uh, the guy who said words don't have any meaning. Uh, and so I have now called him a pedophile. He seems to have not taken that very well uh, during the newscast there. I saw he's now, say that to my face. And oh, look out. Here we go. Here's the say it to my face. Oh, struck a nerve there. I thought words don't have meaning. Your rules, pedophile bigot. Your rules. <laughs> and I told him to call into the show. So we'll see. I haven't given him the number yet. But if he, if he wants to speak to me that badly, then he can. Let me go over here and get Al on. Hello, Al. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Good afternoon, Pete. Hey. Um, I lived in Baltimore for about 10 years. Yeah. And went back uh, a few years after that, you know, just for you know, a few days. As far as living there, I believe I'd rather stay in Carolina, uh, be barefoot and blindfolded and run through a cow pasture. <laughs> There is nothing there but crime on top of crime on top of crime, and that was 50 years ago. Well, now, now, Al, don't forget the poverty. Oh, that too, yeah. And the corruption. That too. And the cold winters. You're still in my fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's nothing there but steam crabs in a couple historical museums now. I'm right, and we can, uh, we can transport the crabs. Modern refrigeration technology has come a long way. We can bring all of those crabs down here. Old Bay gets packaged up and shipped all over the place. So really, what's, what's left in, in Baltimore? Nothing. Right. There's nothing, there's nothing. I mean, it's not worth living at. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's all I had to say about thank that, though. Uh, and I think you're doing a great job. Buddy. Well, thanks, Al. I, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, you too, man. All right. Um, yeah, to this point, this is the other Twitter fight, this running Twitter battle, um, is over the guy who said, I don't like it in North Carolina. People are cruel. Mm, GOP meanies. And he's like, I'm going to go back to Baltimore. And so I suggested you should do that. You should be happy. If you think Baltimore is where you will be a happier human being, then you should do that. You, you know, But do not sit here on social media playing this emotional blackmail game this virtue signaling, moral preening that you're better than everyone else and it just hurts you so bad. I have so much more empathy for people, not me, that are getting screwed over. I mean, I'm not getting screwed over, but I think other people are. And I'm going to take up their cause in a kind of white man's burden sort of way. But you're not actually going to move. But you should move. You should go to a place where you feel happy. And this is a great idea from Greg. Email to Pete at the Pete Callender Show.com. 
let's start a GoFundMe for everybody wanting to leave North Carolina. I can kick in $500 and an old-fashioned paper map. (laughs) Where would you even find a paper map now? I mean, aside from the map shop here in Charlotte. Which, how are they still... Like, that is... They, that, that is a business brain right there. Those are some wizards of business acumen. That, that shop has been there for decades. And they just sell maps as far as I know. I've never been in it. But they, like, it's called the map shop. And uh, I need to go over. I need to go in there just to see. Like, what, what do they have? I, like, I'm, I'm in awe of... Um, of camera places too. What was the one over on Kings also? Wolf camera? Was that it? Wolf camera? They were around forever. I don't even know. Are they still there? I mean, that's, that's impressive with, I mean, cause I don't, I, I, my, my camera is on my phone now. I don't know about you, but I got a camera that's on my phone. It's this new technology. Yeah. Like we haven't used a camera, <laughs> like a standalone separate camera. I think since, my honeymoon and that was a video camera <laughs> and trying to trying to get the video off of that thing is like insanity because it's you know 15 years ago or something it's its own file and no that's not supported by anything nowadays oh crying out loud oh you know what i should probably bring it over to wolf camera they i bet they would be able to get it off of the disc i bet that's what I mean, you know that's what they're doing now. And maybe the map shop is selling just globes, you know? That's, uh, that's close. That's map adjacent, right? I mean, it's not the globe shop. But if it was the globe shop, then you would be able to sell, like, snow globes as well, right? Obviously. And globe trotter type material, merchandise from that. But this is an idea, Greg. I like this idea. I really like this idea. Setting up a GoFundMe... And obviously, we're not going to pay all moving expenses, and we would have to find a way to verify this. Like, um, we like maybe we give, like everybody who wants to tap the fund, we would give them a hundred dollars as like a gift certificate for a moving company, or to be applied only at like like a like a Hertz gift card or something. But then we won't know if they're actually moving out of state. We'd have to have a compliance officer of some sort running this operation because I, I don't want people to just claim they're leaving and then they're just going to, you know, rent the U-Haul and, you know, make a cross town move and move into my district and start, you know, canceling my votes. You know, like we want we. Yeah. Well, you know what we could do is we could ask the cities that paid for the one way bus tickets and stuff. Right? We can ask them how they did compliance. Well, actually, no, that wouldn't work because they did not do very good compliance and people just came back. So that's a terrible, hmm, it's a terrible idea, too. Alan says that the map shop is full of all styles of maps. Globes. See, I knew it. Globes. I mean, you got to diversify. You can't just be maps as well as uh, geography books. Oh, that would be cool. What? Wait a minute, though. Geography books? Like, this is America. It is our birthright not to know geography. How is that a winning business model? I guess it's not the primary focus. Maps is still the primary focus. 
me go over here to uh, Spencer. What's going on, Spencer? How are you? Uh, yes, the uh, camera store down there is not uh, um, Wolf. It's Biggs. Biggs, that's right. You are correct. It is Biggs. Wolf's is uh, there. Uh, are they the one on Providence? Uh, Wolf has been out of business for I don't know. How. Oh. But the other thing is, my wife uh, does not trust GPS. She has to have maps. She's a big buyer of maps. Hmm. And the third thing is, regular cameras will never go away, even though you have one on your phone. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here right now trying to uh, uh, write out the scripts to control three different SLRs so I can stand and watch the eclipse and let my computer take the pictures rather than having to run from camera to camera to camera to camera to camera to camera shooting pictures of the eclipse. I mean, I'm exhausted just listening to you describe it. <laughs> so wait, so uh, these cameras that you speak of that are yours, um, are they digital cameras? Yep, Nikon. See? So, that's, that's, so how, is that, how is that any different than my, than my smartphone camera? Um, it's well, just a separate if, device, if you're right? you're going to do more complicated stuff, your smartphone camera won't work. Mm. But aren't the smartphone cameras, I mean, they're, they're, are they not close to those, like the, the, aren't they, are they not close to just separate cameras in quality? The quality of the, uh, image and the pixel count is comparable. Mm-hmm. But the things that my Nikons can do that the uh, phone cameras can't do are very important. Like adjusting shutter speeds and stuff and lighting? Yep. Gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. And it's, uh, you, you, can, you can shoot raw format on a phone, but it fills up your memory real quick. Yeah. They're huge pictures. Yeah, that's that. That makes sense too. Spencer, thank you, sir. Appreciate the call. Thanks for the uh, the info. Sure. All right, man. Yeah, Bigs. I don't know why. Yeah, Bigs camera, and they're still there. Wolf camera. Sad to hear. Out of business. Pete, I know you have done it before, but four hours is a long time. Pace yourself, man. Be sure to get plenty of fluids. <laughs> and by the way, when you are talking about Adam Schiff. For brains, the other day you worked in for brains. Uh, I assume that was a nod to Johnny Carson and the Schiffer Karnak bit. I'm a big Carson fan. Uh, sure. Yeah. That no, uh, no, it wasn't. I had. I don't even know what that means. I know what Karnak. I know what the Karnak bit was. I didn't know what Schiffer was. Um, but I can. I can make a guess here that it's probably along the lines of what I of what my joke was about. Um. Here's one from Stan uh, who says uh, the reason the January 6th defendants were treated differently than Hunter Biden, uh, whose charges are much worse, is their crimes were an attack on democracy. And not many people in New York are exclaiming, uh, yeah, come on up. The weather's fine. Yeah, that's true. That is true. You, you're not really seeing a lot of. Well, I Okay. San Francisco has a marketing campaign. They do. I have it here. It's in one of the coffee-stained uh, pieces of show prep. Um, 
it almost looks like a like if I had known this when I was a kid and like Indiana Jones came out and uh, uh, my uh, brother and sisters and I we would create like all of these uh, props for for you know playing Indiana Jones and and various other you know TV shows and movies like V remember V the visitors that came in the UFO the original miniseries, like we made up with paper, we would fold the paper, we made up all these little fake keys, and we made their little logos on them and stuff. We would we played Dukes of Hazards. I know, New Yorkers playing Dukes of Hazard. We made a big Confederate flag, put it on our picnic table. And we, that was our car. That was the General Lee. We would jump under the benches, under the car. Anyway, if I had known that if you pour coffee on pages and it makes it look like old, crinkly parchment, weathered parchment, like, man, this would have... This would have upped our Indiana Jones LARPing game to inconceivable heights. But anyway, there is a uh, there's an ad campaign for San Francisco. They really, really would like people to come see San Francisco. Uh, it's always San Francisco is what the branding is. Always San Francisco, which <laughs> I'm not really sure you thought this through because... Uh, I start calling your ad campaign slogan out when I start reading any story that I'm reading about San Francisco. Like, oh, uh, a whole bunch of poop found in the streets. Well, you know, always San Francisco. Eh? Like, I'm not sure you guys thought that through. But uh, they've launched this big campaign, and it's uh, they claim that they're the most beautiful city in the world, which I'm... I'll see prior remarks about the poop. Anyway, uh, they got the you know, images of the, the San Francisco landmarks, um, uh, like the needle parks and such, the zombies walking the streets, the homeless people in the doorways. Um, the opening ads got scenes of people dancing, people drinking, people passed out, uh, shooting up, eating. Uh, one as uh, a pink-haired drag queen, Lady Camden, a one-time contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. Right, So this is all in the video. I'm just kidding. Not all of it's in the video. Right? The drug stuff isn't in the video and the, the pooping isn't, but the drag queen is. I bet you weren't even sure if that was a if that was a joke or not. That's how much of a joke, right? San Francisco has become. What can I say? Yeah, always San Francisco. But don't worry. Ned Barnett from the McClatchy editorial staff is here to tell us that people are not, in fact, fleeing blue states for red states. All is well. All is well, he shouted while being trampled by a mob. He is the associate opinion editor at McClatchy, and he says, liberals complain that Republican state lawmakers are making North Carolina less attractive with their 12-week abortion ban, deep tax cuts for corporations, and neglect of public schools. But Republicans argue that their pro-business and conservative values approach is enhancing the state's appeal. For proof, they point to reports of blue states losing population as red states gain and declare that people are voting with their feet. But Ned is here to tell us from a completely unbiased left-wing position that that is not the case. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage 
radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? We are, uh, you know, we're, we're helping people, giving them the, the, the confidence and support that they need to leave our state because they are uh, so uh, disgruntled with uh, the way it's being governed. They are leftists who moved here, uh, and they think that now that they've arrived, uh, they, they can dictate how we should govern ourselves. And um, shut the front door. No, you don't get to do that. Uh, welcome. Uh, if you are coming from states from which, by the way, I came as well, uh, if you're coming from New York uh, or New Jersey, God help you, um, then, well, he, I guess he has if you're fleeing New Jersey. But we would simply ask that you don't try to New Jersey our North Carolina, right? Don't California or Texas, that sort of thing. Uh, the, the reasons why you have left, leave those behind too, right? The things that you did to make your area so bad, like when you, you know, when you, when, when you besmirched it as such, don't, don't besmirch us. Don't come besmirching, right? Just if you want to continue living in the besmirchment type of cities, then stay in those besmirched cities. That's all I ask. I could probably find a better way to ask that. But um, anyway, Ned Barnett, one of the opinion editors, he's an associate opinion editor, but one nonetheless uh, with the McClatchy newspapers. He's the one who sets the tone for the editorial page that nobody really reads anymore. And he says, no, no, this whole thing of people fleeing the blue states for red states, that's just not true. I don't know what you're talking about. He says, for proof. These Republicans, they like to point to reports of blue states losing population as red states gain them. Yeah, that's a pretty good marker. It's a data set, don't you think? Like if you've got California that lost population for the very first time ever in its entire history and New York losing a congressional seat because it lost population. I, I think that's a pretty good. No, that's a that's a pretty good indicator that people are leaving those states and when you see the states that are growing in population, well, then you kind of you can kind of make some some correlations, but not for Ned, not for Ned. He says this is a favorite subject for the Wall Street Journal's editorial page and a claim picked up by North Carolina Republicans. But no, no, no. He says in claiming their policies are driving population growth, Republicans are, as the saying goes, like roosters taking credit for the dawn. Oh, okay. So it, it's just. Happenstance. It was luck that Republicans happened to be in charge of North Carolina when all of the tax reforms got implemented, drove down the corporate income tax rate, personal income tax rates, right? Reformed the whole tax code, like all of like all of that. It just happened. I mean, it happened because Republicans won and did all of it. But it's just a coincidence, right? The sun was already rising, and those Republican roosters were out there cockadoodle doing. He says. <laughs> He says, people move to the Sunbelt states because of a job transfer or for warmer weather, less expensive housing, and more often than you think to be closer to their children and grandchildren. All right, Ned, let's go over these one by one, shall we? First up, they come for a job transfer. Hey, riddle me this. I know it's a brain buster, but how did the job get here? (laughs) 
Why is the job here and not up there? What happened? Hmm. There are no jobs here. All the jobs are down there. I get it. I'm just going where the job is. It's got nothing to do with politics or policy or economics. It's just that's where the job. It's where the job got born. That's it. A stork flew over, dropped the job in North Carolina, and now I got to go down there. That's it. Or warmer weather. Okay, riddle me this: If it's more expensive in the hot climate, do people still come? No, they don't. No, they don't. They would stay. And as proof, I cite the reason, like, people are fleeing, like, really, really cold weather states. Right? The weather, yes, makes a difference, but not if it is overtaken by the economics. If it costs way more money to live in a hot state, people ain't going to live in the hot state. He then says less expensive housing. Hmm, that's a head scratcher, too. What makes housing more or less costly? What do you think? Maybe economic policies enacted at a state level. Maybe, maybe some connection here. Or how about this? More often than you think to be closer to their children and grandchildren. Oh, I guess the stork that dropped the jobs in North Carolina. It's also dropping babies in the, in the houses of their kids. And that's why the grandparents have to start moving down. They want to be closer to their family who just happened to be here some, for some reason. Not sure why. Oh, maybe it was one of those jobs. They fled to take one of the jobs that the stork dropped in the red states. This is like this is galactic brain level stupidity here. Really? You're making the argument that the policies have nothing to do with it. And then the things that you cite are directly tied to the policies enacted at state levels by Republican legislatures. Let me go over to the phones. Here's Ed. Welcome to the program, Ed. Thank you very much, Um this thing about Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, the guy who's like, I'm going back to Baltimore. No, but what I wanted to mention was uh, this kind of thing exists in, in almost every state there is. Um, and I experienced it firsthand because I lived near Baltimore, but the people wanted to avoid crime. They lived in the suburbs, and they avoided driving into the city at all, mm-hmm. and that's starting to happen to Charlotte. Yeah, and people Durham, move based on crime patterns, absolutely. Is, yeah, and in Durham, North Carolina, I worked up there for a year, over a year, and in and, and that time, I saw a drug dealer shooting uh, a person up in a store in a men's restroom with drugs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, that's just the trade-off of living in a metropolitan city, in a world-class city. That's what you trade. Yeah, that and, this and is being in assaulted Durham, on subways. Carolina. And uh, he was uh, he was almost carrying the guy out of the restroom, and there was a policeman there in the store, went over and helped him carry the guy to a car. No, uh, huh, it's nice. just unbelievable. Yeah, in, yeah. in Cleveland, I, I had to go to a conference, and I was told. Don't go out on the street after dark. Yeah, well, and also don't go to the river because it uh, it's on fire at some points. And I appreciate the call. Uh, no, it's true. It's a very big problem. Defunding the police has also made it worse. Um, I've got uh, more info on that I will get to. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Thank you, Clara, for the email uh, who says, uh, she says, Pete, your show's fantastic. Your discipline in researching your topics is incredible. Well, that is true. Um, On... (laughs) It's on on par with the great Rush Limbaugh. I don't know about that. Um, uh, love your sense of humor, too. Thank you, Clara. I try to be entertaining uh, or informative, just one or the other. It's like going, like I try to be both. It's very difficult. So uh, I just try to go for one or the other. Um, if I can hit one, then that's good. So Ned Barnett, associate opinion editor for the McClatchy newspapers, he's going to, he's going to just, Take a knife and fillet this argument from uh, from the right, from the Republicans who are like, oh, look at all of the uh, the, the blue states losing population to the red states. The, you know, people are fleeing. And he he says the reason this is all BS uh, is uh, like the Republicans here in North Carolina are just like the roosters um, uh, wanting to take credit for the dawn. Uh, you know, the, no, you, you're crowing at that. That thing was happening unrelated to you. And he cites as evidence for this. Jobs that have grown in our state, more jobs, warmer weather, um, less expensive housing, and to be closer to family. So why, and all of those things are related to economic policies, as I went over. He then quotes Nathan Dollar, director of Carolina Demography at the University of North Carolina, who is dubious about the notion that states are red or blue, let alone that one color is outcompeting the other for new residents. I mean, state-level policy drives a lot of this. In fact, there was a big, um, there's a big piece by Mark Perry at the American Enterprise Institute who goes down a range of factors and concludes that Americans are moving away from blue states that have high energy costs, that have complicated regulatory regimes and unfriendly business climates. And they're moving to economically vibrant red states with lower costs, more conservative fiscal policies, and more job opportunities. David Brooks wrote about this several months ago. We've highlighted this AEI report as well. And you hear me talk about it and have for years. It is the blue dot in the sea of red. And that is, for as far as I can tell, that's sort of the best available option for the most amount of people. It is. You have a red state government that enacts the statewide fiscal policies, the tax structures and such, right? State agencies, administration of uh, state grants, Federal money that comes in then gets distributed at that state level, right? But at the city level, you've got blue cities. 
Democrat-controlled, you know, more progressive, more, and depending on the state and depending on the city. I mean, yes, you got Republican cities. I mean, heck, Charlotte used to used to be a 50-50 split city. I mean, you used to have, and since I've been here, there were Republican majorities on our local boards. They've all now been wiped away. And if you if you don't have a state government that is there to put the reins on the cities, they will go out of control. And if you want any proof of it, look at, um, I don't know, any major city in America in a blue state. They're, they've all gone crazy. There's, there's, there's no governor there. I mean, I like the governor as the elected official, but like a restrictor plate to take it into the NASCAR analogy, right? There's no restrictor plate there. There's nothing to stop them. There's no regulator there to say, whoa, 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 let's not go full Democrat. You know, 50 years ago, would you have predicted that the American South would emerge as the economic dynamo 50 years ago? Right? I mean, but that is what has happened. Um, William Fry from the Brookings Institution, he says that in 1920, the Northeast and the Midwest accounted for 60% of America's population. A century later, the states that are the Sunbelt states, they account for more than half now. They're at 52%. In other words, we are a Sunbelt nation. We are the majority. The southern states, the southeast, the sunbelt states are the majority. And when you look at them, they have state governments that are Republican, and they have local governments in the bigger cities that are run by Democrats. And that seems to work pretty well for the most amount of people. But when the cities, and Charlotte is a perfect example of it, right, when cities become too blue because the Republicans flee, but where are the where are the Democrats that are moving here? Where are they coming from? A lot of them are coming from North Carolina, absolutely, from rural areas of the state, looking for opportunities, younger kids from rural areas, uh, and they're younger, so they're going to be you know, leaning more to the left, more than likely. But coming from outside the state, they're heading to the cities. Liberals are moving into the cities and making them more and more blue, and a lot of Republicans are going to the exurbs. But what you also see, and we went over this a couple of weeks ago, you got a lot of people moving down into rural areas of North Carolina, and those are red voters from blue states. 